Welcome to this episode of Mentors at Your Benchside, the podcast giving you advice, tips and tools for getting the most out of your research. I'm Laura Grassi and today I'll be talking to you about how Ponzo S staining can help troubleshoot your Western Block problems. You know how many problems can crop up if you routinely perform Western Blotting. Ponzo S staining can help identify issues early on, saving you time and effort in incubating and developing bad blots. In this episode, we'll cover how PONSOS works, how to perform staining, and give you an overview of how to interpret what the stain means when troubleshooting your failed blots. So first, what is PONSOS and how does it work? PONSOS is a dye that binds to proteins on PVDF or nitrocellulose membranes, producing red bands where there is protein. Unlike Kumasi Blue, the other standard dye for visualising proteins after SDS page, Ponso S is reversible and is therefore compatible with most downstream applications. There are three key benefits of Ponso S stain to note. Number one, it does not affect the protein structure. Number two, it is easily eluted after staining. And three, it is reusable. The staining process is typically done on a blot after the transfer step to confirm that the transfer worked well with no issues. However, like anything else on the benchtop, things can sometimes go awry. If you stained your blot and found a less than ideal pattern, it could be indicative of several issues, not just a problematic transfer. Before we touch upon these issues, let's overview how to perform Ponzo S staining. Ponzo S can be purchased as a pre-made solution or as a dry powder. To make a 100ml solution from the powder, weigh 100mg of Ponzo S powder and make it up to 95ml with distilled water before adding 5ml of glacial acetic acid. The final concentration will be 5% volume for volume glacial acetic acid and 0.1% weight for volume Ponzo S. Store the prepared solution at either 4 degrees or room temperature, but ensure you protect it from light. Now you've got your solution, it's time to stain your membrane. A handy tip, old tip boxes are great as a container to stain your membranes. Just make sure the lid is opaque or make it opaque by covering it in foil. After the transfer of proteins onto your membrane is complete, wash the membrane briefly with distilled water. One minute on rocking is sufficient. Cover your membrane with the Ponsware solution and close the lid to protect it from light. Let the membrane incubate on the bench top for at least one minute. Rinse the membrane with distilled water until the background staining is removed. You can save money by retaining the used Ponsware solution and using it on another blot. At this point, the protein bands stained with Ponsware will be visible. And if you want, you can image your membrane at this point. To remove the stain, wash the membrane three times with 5ml of TBST or your washing buffer for Western blots. You can then proceed with blocking the membrane as usual. The blocking step will remove any residual stain and will not affect the experiment. Now, we know you might have some questions about using PONSOS, so here are some frequently asked questions. How many times can I reuse PONSOS stain? This depends. Generally, you can use Ponzo S until the signal strength is noticeably lower. If you notice the strength is weaker, discard the old solution and replace it with a fresh one. How should I dispose of Ponzo S after staining? 
you should dispose of the stain following your laboratory's protocols. If you're not sure on this, ask a senior member of staff or your safety officer. Can I use Ponswest stain after the blocking step? You should perform Ponswest staining before the blocking step. Since Ponswest is a non-specific protein stain, it will also bind to blocking agents such as BSA or proteins in milk. Therefore, the results will be more accurate and helpful if you perform the staining before blocking. Is Ponswest dangerous? As always, consult the material safety data sheet before using any new chemical. Use standard lab PPE when working with Ponsoes as it can cause skin, eyes and respiratory tract irritation. Are there alternatives to Ponsoes? There are alternatives, including Kumasi Blue and India Ink Stains. However, the advantage of Ponsoes is its simplicity and reversibility. Kumasi Blue and India Ink are incompatible with downstream applications. However, Ponso S is relatively insensitive compared to other alternatives, so it may not be right for you if your sample contains less protein. Now, on to the troubleshooting. We cover seven problems with your Ponso S staining and what it means. Problem number one. The ladder is visible on the membrane, but the Ponso S stain shows no bands. Using a pre-stained ladder in your STS page can be very useful here. If the pre-stained ladder is visible, but there is no signal from the Ponsoes stain where your sample protein should be, then it is reasonable to conclude that the problem lies not in the transfer, but in the sample preparation. If you haven't done a protein quantification assay to determine the protein concentration in your lysate and there's no signal from the Ponsoes staining, there is a chance your sample has very little or even no protein. You may not have homogenized the tissue sufficiently, or perhaps your cultured adherent cells were not dissociated from their plate properly. Problem number two. The ladder is not visible on the membrane and the Ponsoes stain shows no bands. Again, this shows the utility of a pre-stained ladder. Assuming the STS page gel was stopped before the ladder and samples ran off the bottom of the gel, you should be able to see the location of the pre-stained protein ladder in the gel before you initiate the transfer to the membrane. If there is no Ponsoes stained band after the transfer and the ladder is not visible on the blot, it is likely that your transfer did not work. If you are using PVDF, remember to activate the blot before transfer. Otherwise, check the transfer conditions, including the composition of the transfer buffer. Problem number three, bands are smeared. A Ponsoes stain should produce crisp, discrete bands. If you see a reddish pink smear where the band should be, you may have a problem with your protein. Some smearing is expected, but if it is excessive, there may have been a problem with the gel electrophoresis step. And there could be several culprits for this one. To help fix it, Use fresh beta-mercaptor ethanol in the sample loading buffer to ensure any disulfide bonds are broken. Ensure you are using sufficient SCS in the sample loading buffer, the running buffer, and the gel itself. Also ensure the glycine concentration is high enough in the sample loading buffer to enable proper stacking of the sample before entering the separating gel. If you are unsure about any of your buffers, make them fresh and try again. This often resolves the problem. 
If the smeared bands are especially large and prominent, you have likely overloaded protein. Reduce the amount of sample loaded. Problem number four. There is only one big band near the top of each lane. This indicates that the protein separation by electrophoresis was unsuccessful. If you have a purified sample, your acrylamide gel pore size might be too small for your protein of interest. Try making a gel with a lower percentage. Typically, a gel should be less than 10% if the protein analyte is larger than 80 kilodaltons. If you are using a whole cell or tissue lysate, the problem lies with the separation itself. Make sure the pH of the running buffer and TRIS solutions used to make the gel are accurate. And don't forget to check the electrophoresis settings to ensure the voltage is high enough to move the proteins through the gel. Problem number five. The stain is inconsistent or there is a space that is not staining. This indicates there is a problem with your transfer. Ensure there are no air bubbles between the membrane and the gel when setting up the sandwich. And take care when inserting the sandwich into the apparatus. Forcing the sandwich into the apparatus may cause the gel to break, the membrane to wrinkle, or allow space for an air bubble to interfere with the transfer. Problem number six. The stain is stronger in some lanes and weaker in others. This is not necessarily a problem with your technique, but shows a different amount of protein between lanes. If you need even protein concentration across lanes, try Bradford or BCA assay before loading your samples to determine the exact quantities to load. The amount of protein added is more important than the volume of the solution here. But you need to keep in mind the dilution of your loading buffer and add the appropriate amount. Problem number seven. The Ponzo S stain looks great, but I don't see any bands after my antibody incubations. Since the Ponsoe stain looks good, you can safely say the problems seen at the end of the procedure do not stem from the electrophoresis or the transfer steps. Look at your blocking, washing, antibody incubations and substrate visualisation steps to determine what happened here. And because we care, here are some bonus Ponsoe staining tips. Don't forget to check the signal on both the top and bottom of the blot. The proteins don't transfer equally to both sides, so a weak or strange-looking signal may mean that you're looking at the wrong side of the blot. It sounds obvious, but sometimes the most obvious answers are the last ones we think of in the lab. Especially when you're running on less sleep than is ideal and you really need this blot to work. Additionally, Western blots can be frustrating and sometimes things don't work out. If you've tried everything and your Ponsoe stains are still looking abnormal, sometimes the best thing to do is to work on something else. You can try with a level head from scratch the next day or even next week. The answer may be right there and you might need to step away from it for a while to get it. In short, Western blots can go sideways at any step in the protocol. Having a checkpoint near the midway point of the protocol can help narrow down where any issues stem from. And Ponsoe staining can help you accomplish this. Depending on your staining patterns, the problems may lie with your sample preparation, the electrophoresis, or the transfer. 
Alternatively, if the Ponce West stain looks good, but the Western blot still isn't working, then you know to troubleshoot the latter part of the procedure, from the blocking step onwards. Ponce West staining can be a handy step in your Western blot protocol to ensure everything is going according to plan. So that's it for troubleshooting Western blots using Ponce staining. Check out the episode description for links to related articles and resources. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to get more help and advice from mentors at your bedside. Are you always on the go, but still seeking valuable insights to advance your research? Well, look no further than Listen In, the podcast from Bite Size Bio that offers the benefits of webinars in a portable format. With webinars featuring leading researchers and commercial specialists discussing techniques like CRISPR-Cas9 and microscopy. With Listen In, you can tap into their expertise and drive your research project forward efficiently and productively, no matter where you are. Visit bitesizebio.com forward slash podcasts or search for Listen In in your podcast app to subscribe.